0: Hey, you're back. It's Lisa again. I am here again with Eric Endlick from Top College Consultants. If you remember, and I will repeat the question at the beginning of the podcast, um, but we left you with the question wondering about what you should do if your child um, graduates high school, you know, and they have an IEP, and you think that post-secondary Um, you know, their community college, college, whatever. And when they get in that situation, you find that they're really not ready. What should you do? Um, with me today again is Eric Endlich from top college consultants. And this is what he does. He helps kids who learn differently, um, explore their opportunities, you know, after high school guide them. He has an awesome list of autism friendly colleges and a whole bunch of great stuff on his website i have all the links in the podcast so you can take a look there um okay let's get to the second half of this podcast and yes i did overlap the first um question before i got to his answer
1: welcome to don't iep alone the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the iep process and hosted by a special education advocate your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate, and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Block a Day in our shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone, get ready. Here's your host. From suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Program services
0: to support their Okay. Um, there's been – I work here in, in the state. Um, I work as a, an IEP compliance monitor, which means that I go around to different school districts when they're due for their compli- their, I, their compliance monitoring. Um, because the state requires that, you know, so many state employees do it and then they have volunteers and then, then, they require that parents, you know, trained parents be on the team. So I do this several years ago. Um, I was doing a, a monitoring at a school district in suburban Philadelphia and, um, my blog wasn't nearly as popular then. And, and honestly, uh, I'm not famous now. I'm not trying to claim to be. But the guy had not this one administrator had no idea who I was, you know, here as part of this monitoring. He just thought I was, you know, there to monitor and didn't really – he just didn't know who I was. And he wasn't watching or paying particular attention to what he was saying. And he started, I'll say, running his mouth, for lack of a better term. And he was telling the other – folks there who were retired educators as part of the team I was on, that their their kind of standard MO was to, you know, they, they were passing kids through with learning disabilities. You know, they had IEPs, some of their needs were being met for the most part. But when it came time to graduation, what they were doing was they had been instructed by their attorney to offer a 13th or 14th year so you know it's time to time to graduate time to transition and and the school says well do you think you need a 13th or 14th year of course most kids you know what most 18 year old kids want to say you know no way (laughs) you know i'm I'm leaving i'm out of here um but then this disturbing trend has erupted in that these kids go off to college at, at different levels community college whatever and they're not ready and we're finding here locally that a lot of community colleges are pushing back saying, you know, we're spending too much time remediating this kid, these kids. Cause they really, they weren't ready. Is that something that is just, you think localized here? Is that something you hear about? And what should parents do if, you know, their kid receives a diploma, they think they're ready for at the very least community college and then they get there and they're really not. Yeah. Well, that's, this is actually the reason i became an educational
2: consultant because as a psychologist working with teens i was seeing students go off to college and run into these problems because they were not college ready so i think it's important for parents while the student's still in high school to be to be looking at their child's college readiness and that's something that i do when i meet with families and then i suggest college readiness programs that a student might be enrolling in while they're still in high school. Might be a summer program, might be a program they do outside of high school, or something they do between high school and college. So it might be a PG or gap year type of situation, not an additional year at their own high school, which is just potentially sort of more of the same, but a program that is specifically designed to prepare kids for college that might have some college courses and offer a lot of support. Um, And and I do see more and more of these programs springing up. So uh, I think it's really important to be thinking about that in high school and to be looking at all the options, not just staying in high school longer or jumping on, moving on to college and sort of crossing your fingers and hoping it all works out.
0: Ah, good point. Yeah, just definitely, you know, the gap year is becoming more common, so um, exploring that as well, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, and there's, there's research showing that, that students who
2: take gap years get better GPAs and have better outcomes, uh, do better in terms of graduation, and that's across the board. No, I'm not just talking about students with special needs. So there's a lot of advantages to a gap year. It gives the child's brain another year to develop. Um, the Child's brain isn't fully developed until their mid to late twenties, and students with delays, students with ADHD, have additional delays. So they are already two or three years behind their peers, and a gap year gives them a little time for their brain to catch up while they are, as I said, learning skills such as time management and other skills to thrive in college.
0: Great, Um, I have I have another friend. With a child with disabilities and in Maryland, he actually enrolled in a small college that offered a hybrid program so that if he, and actually his problems were more physical and medical rather than developmental, but he was able to, if he was not physically well enough to get to class that day, he was able to do the course, the classwork at home. Um, Are those increasing as well? Or was this just a unique thing? No, there's
2: definitely an increase. I mean, online education is exploding in its own right, as well as these sort of hybrid models. And um, it it offers a lot of flexibility for students who are working or students who might have limitations, medical or otherwise, that make it difficult for them to physically get to class. Um, So it's nice to have that option out there. Obviously, if you just do online education and not a hybrid, then you may be missing out on some of the social components and other aspects of college that students really enjoy. So um, I think uh, hybrid potentially gives some students the opportunity to have the best of both worlds.
0: True. Um, I, I personally, I'm a Gen Xer, and I don't know about you, but growing up, we were told i mean everyone all of my friends just i feel like my entire generation we were told that college is the answer like there's that's it okay. you know you go to college after high school period full stop um what do you think it's going to take or or is it starting to change as far as you know not necessarily college but like like we talked about the gap year or um a technical school or something do you i mean do you feel like that climate is changing well, I think it depends on on the neighborhood that
2: you're in. Uh, I think there's a lot of towns and schools where the narrative you described is still the case where, you know, it's 90 plus percentage of the students go on to college and every senior's talking about the colleges they're applying to and the culture is so strong that, that students feel like they're supposed to go to college even if they're not sure they want to. Um, so I, I do think that's still the case in some communities, but Overall, I, I think the, the discussion is getting much broader, and we're seeing a lot more options. Certainly, there have always been other options like going into the military, going into a trade, going to trade school, doing a apprenticeship, um, working for a few years and going to college later when you feel like you're ready for it, or going to work at a job where your employer pays for college. And we're seeing that more and more, particularly with online education where lots of national employers are actually essentially giving their employees free college. So it's a, it's a great deal and it's a great opportunity. But I don't, even even though I'm involved in college consulting, as I said, I don't think it's necessarily right for all students. So everyone has to kind of look at what what's right for them. What are they looking to get out of the next step? And is college going to provide that? And again, there are, there are non-degree programs in colleges, too, as well as certificate programs, not just for students with disabilities, but for students in general who maybe want to learn certain skills, let's say computer language or a technical skill, or um, work in the health care industry, but not necessarily go for a full degree. So there's lots of, and uh, this is one area where community colleges really shine, where you can go and get certificates and get technical training those other courses that you may
0: or may not be interested in right do you have any advice for either the parents or the students who are having trouble getting over that like mental hurdle i'm thinking in particular i had one one client this was many years ago but um he was in high school and just it was so he had again his issues were not so much developmental as health and medical which in turn put him behind his peers he had the ability to catch up it was just that like time was kind of not his friend because he was constantly hospitalized um but it had always been his dream he was a huge sports fanatic and he just wanted to go to a division one sports something and be a coach and I I just distinctly remembered even to this day it gives me a pit in my stomach when we kind of were gently telling him that this is a possibility for you but it's not a possibility for you you know, in six months, which is when, you know, it was going to be fall and time to head off to college. Um, and it was just so heartbreaking for him. So when parents or kids have that, that idea of a different kind of path, is there, do you have any tips to help them get over that?
2: Yeah, well, just, you know, listening to you talk about this student, you know, if I was, Student, I might kind of try to dig a little deeper to understand why you want this particular path. So he had a particular ambition or path in mind to be a coach, um, and it sounds like it was because of his his love for sports. So what he was really looking for, as I hear it, is is something that would allow him to have a career connected to sports, and being a coach is just one way to do that. You could be, for example, an athletic trainer. Or a physical therapist working with athletes. Uh, there's a lot of different paths you could take that would still connect you to sports. Or you could go into sports management or marketing or promotion and work with a professional sports team. So uh, I think it's important to look at what am I trying to what's am I trying to get out of this experience, and is there more than one path to get there? Uh, because then you may realize, gee, you know, becoming a Division One coach is Super hard and competitive, but there's a whole bunch of other things I can do that will keep me very involved in the sports industry and allow me to do what I love. Um, but getting back to your question of sort of how do you how do you deal with that pressure around you to go to college? Um, I, I think about it. One of the ways I think about it is that in that junior and senior year, where you're surrounded by parents and students and teachers all buzzing about college, since as as you walk for graduation in high school, that's all (laughs) going to (laughs) disappear.
0: Isn't that the truth? Those students students who were talking about college, you're not going to see
2: most of them again. And you're not going to be around those teachers again after high school. It's your life that you have to think about. It's your future and your happiness. And if going to college is going to impress a bunch of classmates for a few weeks, um, you know, getting into a certain college is going to be super impressive, they're not going to be with you for those four years of college to cheer you on, necessarily. So you have to think about, you know, what's right for me, and if other people give you funny looks or don't understand why you're not going to college right away, well, know, it's not their life and it's not their money. It's, you're t- we're talking about many thousands of dollars investment.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's um, really some great advice. Okay, last question I want to ask you this morning is um, if you had, you know, and I'm thinking about your your career and what you do for families, if you had like a magic wand and you could just change one thing, um, what, would it, what would it be? Like what is your one wish that I wish that this is something I didn't have to help families do that was already like a societal problem that's fixed or – like, what is it? What is your one wish that to make this whole thing better for our kids?
2: Oh, it would be hard to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I wish cost weren't such a barrier for families. I wish families didn't feel like they had to choose that, you know, oh, we'd love to have our student have these options, but they're out of reach financially. Um, I think sometimes people assume that. that options are out of reach when they're not because there's a lot of scholarship money out there that they don't know about. Um, But I think, you know, in some cases there are great programs for students with special needs that may be very expensive that not not all families can afford and I wish there was a way for all families who need those programs to afford them.
0: Okay, great. Um, Okay, um, anything else you want to add? Tell us where we can find you, all that fun stuff? Yeah, well, uh, there there are lots of
2: uh, there's lots of funding out there that families don't always know about and part of what I do is, is help them figure that piece out and, and find college options that might be more affordable. Uh, my website as you said is topcollegeconsultants Families can email me at Eric ERIC at topcollegeconsultants or call me at eight three three We apply. Um, and I look forward to meeting some families.
0: Great. Um, thanks so much for being on. I think this was an important topic. Um, I, you know, I'm sure you get the same vibes that I get, that a lot of parents like us think that college is just not not an opportunity for our kids, and that's just not the case. hmm Yep. Regardless of the disability,
2: there, there are tons of great
0: options out there more than ever. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thank
1: you. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with A Day in Our Shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group.
3: It's gone my way